following is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. It is the Talking Buds podcast. It's the Talking Buds podcast, folks. Talking Buds podcast. Season two, Talking Buds podcast. Let's go. All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This, this, this. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. You know, Ryan, we said last week that we'd love nothing more than to come on here and be positive and just be like, this team is on fire. They're unstoppable. They're a machine. They're a force. But I got to tell you, you know, when, when you're doing a weekly show and the season is this long, it's much easier to do show prep and come up with things to talk about when the team has lost four of their last five, six of their last eight. Yeah, and... It's like the games now are just, I'm not dreading them because obviously I love this hockey team and I love hockey and I love watching it, but it's, it's like, it's so predictable now. Like I'm sitting at home yesterday and I'm like, Hey, they're playing the Capitals tonight. Either they come out, they're big boys. They finally play the way we want them to play, or they come out and play the same way they've played all season. And they did exactly the second option, even though. They fought back a little bit, but a loss is a loss. And I feel like a lot of this fan base is at a loss for words right now. Okay. So since we last spoke, quick rundown. The Leafs defeated the San Jose Sharks last Friday by a score of 4-1. to The San Jose Sharks are horrendous. They're an awful, awful hockey team. Followed that up with a 5-2 to loss to the Montreal Canadiens on Hockey Night in Canada in what was probably the most frustrating game of Horrible. the season. Horrible. If, like, yeah, that and the Tampa game a couple weeks ago were probably the two most frustrating games of oh, the season. Yeah. And then on Tuesday night, they lost 4-3 in overtime to the Washington Capitals. Um, a game in which I thought they were okay in the first period. I thought they were awful in the second period and then I thought that they picked it up and probably played one of their best periods of the season in the third but as you just said couldn't uh, couldn't come up with the W losing it overtime Alex Ovechkin getting the game winner in overtime and Ryan let's start there the talk of the day yesterday was the comments made by Ovi Ovi before the game saying quote for them, they're still a young group of guys. I hope they're going to learn, but it's up to them how they want to do it. 
if they want to play for themselves or if they want to win a Stanley Cup, they have to play differently. Ryan, I can't tell you how much I love this. I wish I could. I wish you have no idea how how much I love this. Before we deep dive, what are what were your thoughts on Ovi's comments? I it's, I'm surprised that he was even like that honest speaking about another hockey team. Like that was what surprised me the most right off the bat. But if this was Joe Schmo on the third line of the Washington Capitals, I don't think anybody would really care or the comments would have been taken differently. But when one of the greatest goal scorers of all time calls out the who, team from who, the other side. I know, it's fantastic. I was so, so... I was over the moon when I saw these comments. Should Ryan. Ovi be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs? I think Because I what think other should. Maple Leaf player has come out and said anything like that, and it's like had that much impact and meaning? It's like throw the C on throw the leaf C on Ovi too while you're at it. And he's like the perfect guy to say it because and there's been a lot of people who I've seen who've been like, oh, coming from a guy who still doesn't play the best two hundred foot oh, game. Shut it's up. like that's not the point. Shut up. I know. Don't I do know. that two hundred foot game stuff. The guy throws hits after hits yep. after hits. And he didn't. He won his the cup. One time in the cup. centuries, the most dangerous power play player in the history of the game. I don't know who liked Ovi's comments more, me or Mike Babcock. Probably Mike Babcock. Oh, Probably he, Mike Babcock. That would be an easy just, one for me, bud. Oh, uh, he just he you could he couldn't help himself. He was just like, well, he's done it. He's been there, and it's just it means so much more. Like you could tell the guys were annoyed being asked about it yesterday, and then being asked about it again after the game, especially after he's the one who goes out and gets the OT winner. It's like, good. I'm glad you're annoyed. You need something that's going to piss you guys off. Something that's going to light a fire under you. And clearly, like, I get it. Like, Babcock saying that type of stuff, it's like your dad hassling you about something. Like, you tune him out after a while. But it, when it's one of your peers, and not only one of your peers, like one of the idol, greatest goal scorer model in yeah. this league. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest goal scorer of his generation comes out and says what we're all thinking and saying that, like, this this is a team of individuals. This is a group of young, hotshot superstar players who haven't figured out that you have to change the way you play and the style in which you play if you want to go deep in the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. Oh, my God, Ryan. I couldn't... I just... I was so... We shared it on our Instagram. If you haven't seen it, go to our Instagram. We shared Tim and Sid's video of it. Oh, my God, Ryan. I just... I... I I was so, so, I was like giddy after that comment. I was like, good, this better piss all you guys off. Yeah, well, a lot of people are being like, that should be your your voice that you should use to push forward this season. And then there's the other half of people who are like, oh, I guess uh, we got to wait till we're 30. Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews is 30 to win a Stanley Cup. Because that's what Ovi did, right? If Ovi's comments mean so much and he did it that way, then I guess we got to wait till all the guys are in their 30s to win a cup. And it's like, that's motivation. A lot of those guys grew up watching Ovi play in this league, score a lot of goals, be the most dangerous goal scorer maybe ever. And when he's saying that to you guys directly, like, come on. Like, that's got to be the biggest wake-up call in that room. Because I know if I was in that room and I heard Ovi say that, I would be 
a little puzzled at first, but then I'd be fired up that night to go after him. And he, and he put the exclamation mark on it by getting the winning goal in overtime, Ryan. Standing in his favorite yeah, spot legend, and just man. wires yeah, one past there's Freddy. No, there's no two ways about it. Get over the Ovi that you saw seven, ten years ago and get used to the new mature Ovi who's a beast and calls out other hockey teams and media scrums and says the absolute truth. And Babs, you know, Babs is asked about it after the game, and he he's just going on about how, you know, Ovi's right, and uh, he's done it, he's lived it, and it's about just saying all the typical Babs lines about how it's the two points in the game, not your own, uh, the two points that you get for yourselves or however many points you get for yourselves in the game. But he said one thing that uh, I saw people were upset about uh, after the fact. He said, the bottom line, you got to keep it out of your net. You're not outscoring anyone at playoff time. You're out defending them. How do you feel about that? Well, how I feel about that is there's one thing. There's a couple things we know about this hockey team, and there's a couple things that we speculate. The number one thing that we know about this Maple Leaf hockey team is they give up a lot of shots in their own net, and they give up a lot of goals. So... That's not wrong. This team gives up so many goals against and so many shots against. Right now, they're they're 23rd in the league in shots and on goal sure, and 23rd in the league in goals yeah, allowed. That's, that's one thing we know about this hockey team. They can't defend. They can't defend defensively back there on the D, and they can't defend with their forwards in their own zone. And they give up a lot of shots, and they spend a lot of time in their own end. Like That's, that's the facts with this hockey team. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit now, and I want to talk about one guy in particular, and that is Mitch Marner. If you look at Mitch Marner's stats so far, 16 points, three goals, 13 assists, and you're like, okay, that's not bad, right? That's pretty good. Those numbers are pretty good thus far. But he just, he doesn't look right, Ryan. And he takes the the dumb penalty in overtime last night, which eventually cost him the game, just like right before they were finished killing off the first Nylander penalty. And it's just, are you buying into the narrative that he's squeezing the stick a little too hard because of the summer he had with the contract and the fans being really upset? Like, do you think he's in his own head for that reason? Well, are we, well, the first question I have to ask to that is, are we looking at him differently because of the summer he had and because of his new contract? If he was still on that 975 entry level max for those three years and he was doing this, would the pressure still be just as bad? I have no idea. You look at his. I'm going to say no. You look at his stats. He's a point a game hockey player, a little above it. He's got 16 points in 14 games. His five on five production is not great. He's been okay on the power play and he's really dangerous on the penalty kill. But I think it's the contract and from just watching the games this year through 14, his bulldog mentality that I mentioned before the season that I brought up that you're never going to question Mitch's effort. I'm starting to question some of his defensive effort so far this year. And you don't want skilled guys like that to just focus on defense. Like Mitch Marner is there at the end of the day to provide points for this hockey team. But if you're watching them game in, game out, you're starting to see that his kind of defensive side that you thought was kind of solid 
isn't that great. And if you're not producing five on five, then that's not really going to help. And I know Johnny T's injured as well. And you're starting to kind of see that maybe if Johnny had time to get going before the injury, then they'd be at a different point with that line right now. Maybe they'd have more points, well, be more productive. Babs did a media scrum today and he talked about how, you know, Mitch, he, Mitch hasn't played with his regular line mates, Hyman and Tavares all year. And it's like, that's true. But all I heard all summer is that Mitch is the motor that makes that line go. And especially, like, he's struggled all year. But especially since Tavares has been out, he looks lost. And he will get into the the team toughness um, um, heart discussion in a bit. But he's also a guy who really benefits from having Hyman on that line. Because Hyman will actually go in the corner and get the puck back. And... I, 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 to me, I'm a hundred percent bought into the narrative that he is in his head about the contract and people have him under a microscope because I think there's still a huge, um, contingent of the fan base, myself included, Ryan, that, that resents that he's making that money. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. That's not his fault. That's not his fault. We'll, we'll talk about whose fault it is a little later, but that that's not, that's not his fault. And st- he needs to, I don't know if he's got to talk to some sort of like um, therapist or something, some a sports trainer or whatever. Sports psychologist. There that's what go. I was looking for. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. I don't know if he's got to talk to someone to like, because listen, at the end of the day, that's the contract you were offered. Any one of us would have signed it. And it's just go out there and be Mitch. Relax. Stop trying too hard. Stop squeezing the stick too hard. Stop trying to make too much happen. Stop freaking out and taking dumb penalties in overtime. Just just relax, Mitch. Relax. Yeah, relax. I think this whole year is just so magnified because of all these contracts and all the new expectations on this hockey team. This year, 14 games in, they have 15 points. Last year, 14 games in, they had 18 points. So it's really not that big of a difference. And the year before that, they had 16 points through 14 games. So it's, but I think it's the, but it's just the way the team. I know looks, it's Ryan. just the, yeah. it's the year after year watching this team, knowing their weaknesses, knowing how other teams have to play to beat this team, and as soon as you sniff that out, like the Capitals coming out being physical, you're you just know it's over. They're not going to win, and if they're going to win, then it's just one of those nights in the NHL where any team could beat any team. But at the end of the day, if they were going to play this Capitals team in a playoff series. It, it, they're, not, they're not winning. So I, I think this whole year is just so magnified because the expectations went up a whole nother level. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, give us a follow on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you. Now, 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 let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, if you go back through the archives of the Talking Buds podcast, 
the 38 episodes we've done plus the postseason pints. Unquestionably, the number one person in this organization who has taken the most heat from both of us is Mike Babcock. I'd like to switch gears on this episode, and I'd like to focus, like, there's been a lot of talk about this team as a whole, the way they're constructed, the effort, um, it, like, is it the right mix of guys? And so I, I'd like to focus on the general manager, Kyle Dubas. Ryan, I'm, I'm starting to believe that Kyle Dubas's philosophy when it comes to building this team and what, and, and for the record, I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying I'm starting to believe and these thoughts have started to creep. Listen, when they told Mark Hunter, thanks, but no thanks and hired Kyle Dubas full time two years ago, I was, I was a thousand percent on board. I was like, this is the right decision the game is going in a different direction. Let's not bring another old boy in here from the old boys club. Like let's, let's get some fresh blood in here. But after having watched this team to start the season. Ryan, intangibles are important. Character guys are important. Gritty guys are important. And I I, I don't believe that Kyle Dubas feels that way. I think he he's very new school. He's analytics through and through he's puck possession he's zone entry he's but the problem is is like you've built this team full of star players who theoretically should possess the puck but you have to go get the puck and there's i I don't like do do you know where i'm going with this like can you sense where i'm going with this the past couple episodes we've been arguing debating over who deserves the most blame from this hockey team's performance so far? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Is it the general manager? And I feel like without saying it, we've kind of leaned towards more the players and the coach so far. But after this little stretch, especially after Saturday, that was awful. That was terrible to watch. Embarrassing. It, I like. I don't want to flip-flop every week we get on here, but... Now it's kind of like, okay, it looks like they're all sharing an equal piece of the pie here. Yeah, th- that's that's where I'm going. It's like, we, th- this is a mess. And you know why it's a mess? Because there's there's blame to go around. Like, it's not a mess in the sense that, like, you're right. They're 6-5-3. and three. That's not awful. They're still very much alive. They're third place in their division. They're okay, but it's just... When you watch them, Ryan, like they're they're not fun no, to watch. No. They're frustrating. And this brings me yeah. back to what we talked about in the previous block. It's look at the Boston Bruins. They're the best team in the National Hockey League. They have the most dangerous first line in the NHL. Look at what those guys are making. Not to beat a dead horse. And then look what the Maple Leafs top guys are making. And it's like this, it's you can't avoid it. You can just be like, oh, whatever, the players make what they make. They all got a good deal for themselves, whatever. We'll try to fit around around them. But you can't get over it. You can't get over it. They're not good enough. And they have no room to add anybody or do anything. Yeah, and that's that's where, like, and right. And Kyle they can't Dubas go, created like, that to, to what you started with that point. 
So now it's like you're kind of looking it, at him being like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know. They can't. Like, how much would you love to have a guy like Tom Wilson in a Absolutely. Uniform? 100%. Yeah. And even if they wanted to go and get a guy like him, no, they, they can't. can't. And it's like, you and I have been in the minority in that we've defended Michael Hutchison on this show a lot. But, like, they can't even go get a replacement backup goalie because they don't have enough no, money. No. And I was watching a game with a couple of my buddies on Saturday. And so far this season, I've been a little bit of a Hutchison apologist. But my buddy brought up a good point. He's like, this guy hasn't made a big save all year, which I can kind of see. But go back and look at how many shots this guy's seen so far this year. Like, whoa, whoa. You want a better guy to what you just said? Can't get him. Can't get him. Like, do uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with, with us. But, like, I just don't think you need Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, Kapanen, Janssen. Like, all of those Same players. players. All yeah, out of the like same all mold. of them. Yeah, all of them. Like, there's no, and not a whole lot of experience. Like, sure, Tavares is older, but, like, how far has Tavares got in the postseason? The second round? Once. Like, yeah, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, intangibles are important. Having a guy who who will go out there and get in somebody's face, like, as much as I hate him, like, having a little pest like a Max Domi to go out there and get in somebody's face and do something is, like, it's important, and, and the thing that it's starting to worry me is Kyle Dubas doesn't believe that. Like, he does not believe in that type of player. He does not believe in that way to win games, and I don't think he thinks it's important. Like, Well, I would love to get him in a, like, most candid conversation right now because I, I'm so... One thing we know about the NHL, and Mike Babcock displays it every day, not every guy is stubborn, but a lot of these guys are so stubborn in their mentality. And I think Kyle Dubas still, if you were to sit him down and have a candid conversation, he would still 100% believe that having a skilled hockey team, a very, very skilled, focused hockey team, is the way you're going to get it done in this league. And so far... I, don't, I just don't understand how you... So far what we've seen, it's not going to happen. I just don't understand how you can watch your team get pushed around night after night after night. And still think that. But this that. is what's concerning to me this season. This is the biggest concern for me. Teams they've beaten this season. Ottawa, Columbus, Detroit, Minnesota, San Jose, and the Bruins. And they beat the Bruins, but they got dummied that game, and they were lucky to win that. Teams they've lost to, Montreal twice, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Washington twice, Columbus, and Boston. Look at those teams they've lost to. They have lost to all teams that are going to bring it somewhat physically are pretty good hockey teams all in a playoff picture and in those games it hasn't looked that great and that's what concerns me look at the teams they've beaten the the dumpster of the NHL the dumpster horrible hockey teams like ugh. like yeah. it's just I, I look at that and it's like this is why there's two way to look two two ways to look at this. There's the one side where it's you look at the statistics, you look at the five on five power play penalty kill, everything that's going on, and you kind of say, well, if they do this better, this better, this better, they should start winning hockey games. And then there's the other side of the fan base that are just hot take city and are already declaring that this group of hockey players will not work together and they will not win anything. 
And it's somewhere in the yeah, middle. Yeah, and it is. And we've kind of gone to a place where it's like hot take. Like, this is not going to work. We've already referenced it a couple times. You named Matthews, Marner, Janssen, all those guys out of the same mold. So we're kind of already in that camp. But I know if the Leafs start capitalizing on their power play that's awful right now and start getting a little, little more production out of the Marner line five on five, then that should produce more wins out of this hockey team. It just seems so bad right now for some reason. But uh, Ryan, uh, I'm at the point where like, and you, out of the two of us, you've been the harder one on this team than me. But like, I'm at the point that like, is this team, are they better than six, five and three? Yes. Do I think they're winning a Stanley cup with this roster as it's currently constructive? No, I don't. I don't think they're good enough. Yeah, and it's, it's, oh, like, it's, I don't want to be too hot. Like, every, the reason why I like doing the pod this week is usually we hop on right after a game. And when they come off a horrible loss, most of the game, I'm pretty, what game have we come on where they've won? Like, I feel like most of the game, I can't even remember. But, oh, geez. Let's look, yeah, yeah. Let's take a look back here. What game, what game did we come on? Uh, um, not after, nope. That's a loss. We came on after Boston. The game they lost to Boston. We came on the first time they lost to um, Tampa. We came on after they lost to St. Louis. The first game of the season when they beat Ottawa. That's the first, That's the only time we've come on here after a yeah, W so far this season. Yeah, one of the worst teams in the league. So we, we took that for what it was. But it's we're so negative this year because – we're hopping on every time they lose a game and it's just you, you're so frustrated and you're down and you're negative after those losses but I, I'm excited to do it this week because it's a it's a day after they lose to the Capitals and I've had time to think about it I don't want to be too hot takey I don't think I would have been that negative if we were on last night after the Caps game Ryan because I, I thought they had some good pushback in the third period and I thought they played well I thought the third period of the game last night was their best period of the season. And that if they want, like the team that I just said is better than six, five and three. That's the team that played in the third period. last. Yeah. Night. But what concerns me about the game last night, it's like they might've had good pushback, but at the end of the day, if they were ready to go and if they were a legit team in this league, that's going to compete for a cup, they would have won that game. They would have won that game. They would have won all the games they've been close to. Well, not all the games, but there's a couple games this season where they they could have pulled it out, but they, they haven't, and they've lost to good teams that are better than them, and it's discouraging, and it's hard to not be hot-taking and say, well, this season's over because we just don't have the group of guys, and then there's the... I don't, I don't think the season's over. I just, like... The reason why I kind of want to let Babcock off the hook for all this is because I don't think having Sheldon Keefe behind the bench is going to make Austin Matthews want to go in a corner and win a puck no. battle. Like, I just, like, I think that the issues with the team with respect to, like, effort and pushback and intensity and heart, whatever you want to call it, is not, they're not Babcock related. It's like, it doesn't matter who's behind the bench. This is a soft hockey team. That oh, is gonna get soft. pushed around by oh, a yeah. team that like 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 you don't think that Tom Wilson knows last night. All you gotta do is go out there and run at a couple of these guys, and then that's it. They'll shut it right yeah, down. It's, it's the mo Boston for the, for the league now. It's the mo for the yeah. league. It's, 
Listen to the broadcast on Sportsnet or TSN. It's, what do you think they're going to do tonight? Oh, well, they're going to come in and they're going to hit early and they're going to get after the Leafs on the forecheck. And that's the book on this team. And I don't like how there's a book on this team. Like, why just does every don't know hockey how... team know how to beat this hockey team? Like, it, that's not a good thing. Which is, again, brings me back to my point. I don't know how, if you're Kyle Dubas, you can sit up at and watch night after night after night and not see this. And a lot of people would say, you know, I, I mentioned the Babcock um, quote earlier where he said, um, you're not going to outscore teams in the playoffs, you're going to outdefend. And one of the things that I made people so upset last night is like, this is the problem with him. You have the most offensively gifted team in the league and you're trying to teach them how to defend. And it's like... I, they're terrible at defending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're not going to go into the playoffs and win games. Rarely in the Stanley Cup playoffs do you see a 7-6 hockey game. Like, rarely. They're 2-1, 3-2, 4-3. Like, like th- that's usually what you see. Right? And it's just... He made another um, point Babs did last night that I found interesting. And this is comes back to my, there's a lot of the same player, same skilled player on this team. Like these guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander in particular have gone their whole career, just being naturally gifted and excelling. So now you're in a point where you're in the national hockey league and you're sort of learning that, like just going out there and scoring goals, you're not going to win games that way. And all these guys are young and they're all learning that lesson at the same time. And it's resulting in growing pains. And did we, I'm taking us in the, tonight I've just decided, Ryan, I'm driving the truck to hot take town. Did we overestimate this team's chance? Like, did were we way off at the beginning of the season when we we're like, this is a cup contending hockey team? Yeah, well, now it seems like it. I, I, I don't think I was at the cup contending point with this team, but the way they acted in the offseason and the way they signed all their big stars after their restricted free agency that's that's what you expect that that's what the expectations were and now it kind of looks ridiculous because I don't think they can beat all the good hockey teams in this league so what do they need to do Ryan let's let's take it out of negative town what do they need I to don't do know. like I, I there, there's there's a lot of things <laughs> they can <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of things they could do Just in game. Just throws his hands up. There's a lot of things they could do in game to be better. They could have a better penalty kill when they're stuck in their own zone. They could stop on giving the power up so many play. shots. That's awful. Yeah. And I was the I was yeah, the that, guy who's beating the drum to get Matthews and Marner on their one-time sides, but that clearly hasn't worked either. That's the thing about last night. It's like, yeah, you know what? They battled back and overtime, but it's like, well, they have seven, eight power plays, and they they went one. They got one goal. Like, that's brutal. Yeah, it's awful. Although, you know what? I'm looking at it here, and their power play is ranked sixteenth in the league. That's that's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, and it, even last year too. Like we we always harped on how bad the power play was, but if you compare it to the rest of the league, they didn't do too bad. But Again, it goes back to the amount of talent that's on the power play. And it's like, okay, Tampa Bay. If you if you were to rank Tampa Bay's top players against the Leafs' top players, you'd be like, okay, like player for player, they, they're equally kind of skilled. But for some reason, this group of players on the Leafs can't figure it out on the power play and can't make it a like dangerous weapon where if you take a penalty against them, like it's it's trouble like the Bruins do, like the Lightning do. 
And that's the difference between a team that finishes first in their division and a team that finishes third or in a wild card spot is having a dangerous power play like that with all the talent you have. So that's another thing that happened. Look what he power plays they had last night or against the Capitals. They don't a hundred power plays. It's just yep. nothing happened. That's what I was just saying. That's what I was just saying, man. They, they like it's that that is what takes it out of you. Like, like I, I was like they had a good third and they did, but it's like they should have been up. They should have scored five, six goals last night. Yeah, it's a bear. It's awful. <sighs> what do you, uh, what do you think of Tyson Berry? It's been terrible. Why? I, I don't know. And, and this is a guy who, like, oh, he's going into contract years. You're looking for seven million. Yeah, he's not going to get it after this. They t- like Ray Ferraro was talking about him a uh, lot in the broadcast last night and how the Leafs system has kind of neutered him and he's not able to like freewheel like he was in Colorado. And like, I guess, but he, as long as Riley's here, he's not going to get on the first power play. Um, I don't know. He's got to kind of figure it out. Like th- this is a thing that like he and Babs are going to have to work together to figure this out because he, he has been pretty terrible Yeah, and for a guy who's supposed to be an offensive defenseman. And we always got on Gardner, but Gardner was kind of a 50 point guy. Like that's pretty good for a defenseman in this league. This guy didn't see a point for like 12 games minus five. It's been disappointing. And, and, and like going into a contract year, good luck, buddy. Yeah, he struggled. He struggled to start the season, that's for sure. Definitely expected more out of him. My Speaking of uh, the defense, my heart stopped a little last night when Jake Muzzin went off the ice. Babs was saying today that it's not that serious, but he could miss a game or two, which I guess, all things considered, is pretty good. Another thing he said on the injury front that I found really interesting is that he, he expects Tavares back before Hyman. But when you really think about it, Hyman blew his ACL. That's a brutal injury, man. Yeah, it's a terrible injury, and it's like, are you going to rush him back now? Like, yeah, like, it, it's kind of like you really need this guy. Like, that's. Yeah, right? Like, this stretch has really, like, like highlighted his value. Like, he's one of the only guys who brings that element that we're talking about that this team sorely misses. But yeah, I just uh, like just just to bring it back full circle because we kind of got off the rails there. I I've been thinking a lot lately during this stretch about Kyle Dubas and like obviously this is his philosophy, so he's gonna double down on it. And yes, Mike Babcock is not his coach, and maybe Babcock isn't coaching the team in the way that he envisioned it or whatever. But the cap problems and this team's lack of toughness, grit sandpaper, truculence, as Berkey would say. That's directly on Kyle Dubas. Yeah, 100%. And, the, and he's 100% and at fault for that. all the egregious money that got handed out is, uh, is on him too. Like, don't forget about that. Like, it, it, we always get on the coach. And, like, I'm not going to let the coach off here because a lot of the stuff he does is it drives me nuts. And you've heard me say that a million times. Well, yeah, that my point was let's let's take a break from ragging on him because we he takes more than his fair share of heat yeah, from us. Blame blame goes all around. Goes all around right now. Not excluding Brendan Shane. I know, and it's like hopefully like this is it isn't the end of the world, but 
I keep preaching. It's 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 not the record. It's not the points. It's not the playoff standings. Even though if they miss the playoffs, that'd be unacceptable. But it's the way they lose hockey games and the way they play on a nightly basis and the way other teams control them very easily that makes me come on here and not feel good and not say nice things about this team because I just don't see it the way they get dominated sometimes. And not for a whole game, but for a stretch of a period, like that second period yesterday. Oh, Dummy. Yeah, that, was, that was, oh yeah, yeah. No, nothing, nothing was worse. I haven't been, it's been years since I was as angry as I was on Saturday night. Oh yeah, they were awful. Against the Habs. Yeah, like I, I haven't been that angry watching the Leafs in a long, long time. Probably the last time I was that angry watching the Leafs was the Peter Horachuk season. Yeah, but that was, that was a, that was a joke. Yeah, I know, but that but Saturday night was a joke. Saturday night Ryan. was a joke. It was awful. It was embarrassing. It embarrassing. And it's you look, look at the look at the Montreal Canadiens on paper. Okay, you're, the skilled NHL league where if you have skilled players, you're gonna win. Look at the Canadiens roster. It's like yeah, there's some pretty good hockey players on there, but it's it's not the Maple Leafs roster when it comes to talent. And it's just you watching on Saturday night. It's like you would have no idea. All the every Canadian player looks like a legend out there. It's like, what are we doing? I know what you and I are doing, Ryan. Bum and beauty. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. That's right, bum and beauty of the week. Ryan, I go first all the time, so I'm giving it to you. You go first. What, bum or beauty? Bum or beauty. My bum of the week is William Nylander. Oh, I thought he was pretty good oh, last night. dude. I thought he was pretty good last I'm night. Never... I'm never... So, right, Marner being as awful as he is has completely like I don't even notice how bad Nylander is because I'm just so focused on Marner. Rob, I, I I'm sorry to everyone out there who's a Nylander fan. I'm really, really, really sorry, but I just this guy, man, like you're never gonna win anything with this guy in your top six. I am sorry, unless you put him on the Bruins. But his him his as a piece for this hockey team, he just drives me crazy, man. Like I don't know if I'm just being unfair to him, but the way I like a hockey player to be, he is the complete opposite of complete opposite. I know you. you I have can't made that abundantly I can't clear. stand watching him play hockey. If unless William Nylander sco- scores a goal in in any point of the game, then he kind of starts to ramp up and starts to play like the player I want him to play like. But if it's not going for him offensively, especially in the goal scoring department, it, it, whoa, like brutal, man. Just one of the softest hockey players I've ever laid my eyes on. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I will never come on here and change my mind about him. He can go on a tear for a week and be the number one star in the league. 
And I, I just, I've made my mind up on him, man. I just, I don't like watching him play hockey on a night to night basis. He doesn't, I, he drives me crazy. Two pack bum of the week for me. Uh, Mitch Marner is the first one. Uh, we talked about it earlier. He's in his head about his contract. He's got to be better. He's got to figure it out and just be more effective. And my other one, we also talked about earlier, Tyson Berry. Like, uh, I I guess he's having a hard time adjusting to the new system or being in a new place or whatever, but it's like, you said it, you're in a contract year, bud. Like, you're in the top four. We're lying. Now, now, he hit Matthews with that beauty pass last night. And that was that was pretty. So tip of the hat to him. But just overall, he's got to be better. We traded Nazem Kadri, who's lighting it up with the Avalanche right now, to get him back. So Tyson Berry, figure it out, bud. You're in the doghouse this week. Ryan, who's your beauty of the beauty week? Beauty of the week is Ilya Mikheyev. Oh, again? That's the yes, second time because, for you this dude, year. I, I can't, like, again, like, I'm going to refer, like, I'm going to defer to the guys who... I enjoy watch watching play, and the fact that this is guy's first year in the NHL, and he's arguably the Leafs' best player every night, is amazing to me. Like we talk about all the guys they've brought in before, the Borgmans, the 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 Zaitsevs, the, all those guys. This guy impresses the hell out of me, and he's already probably their best penalty killer up there with Mitch Marner. And he's got 10 points in 14 games just starting in this league. He's bumped up to the top six when he has to be. I Dude, I love this guy. I love watching him play. Like, he's my beauty of the week. He's my beauty of, in terms of guys who give it their all every night and actually, it seems like he has a breakaway every game. Like, I, I just, I, I really enjoy watching the kid play hockey. I'm going to follow suit and pick, um a guy who I've already picked, and that's Justin Hole. He's my beauty of the week. Um, last night, Muzzin leaves with an injury, and Hole has to step up and play some more minutes, and I thought he looked really good. I just like him. He's a solid presence back there. He's He doesn't. He never makes me nervous when he's out there. I think he stepped in really nicely. Um, now that Dermot's back, there's no need for us to see Marty Marinson ever again. Um I just, I like him a lot. And you know what? He persevered. I said it last week. I think it was last week or the week before it was my beauty of the week, but he persevered through sitting 70 games in the press box last year. And I just like him, man. I really, really like him. And he got put in the pressure cooker last night and he, he stepped up and I thought he played really well. So Justin Hole, beauty of the week again for me. Now, Saturday night. So so they've had a tough schedule, and it's going to ease up here a little bit. They've got the Flyers, who aren't very good, on Saturday night in Philly. Then Tuesday, they've got the god-awful Los Angeles Kings at Scotiabank Arena. And then after that, they've got the Vegas Golden Knights next Thursday. So the night, Golden Knights are pretty good. but the, And then Philly again after that the following Saturday. So the, the schedule's easing up. A bit here that they should be able to rack up some wins here, Ryan. Um, thoughts on the upcoming games? I just at this point, if if they're playing a team that's god awful, they should get a victory based on what I've seen this season. And they play a team that's expected to make the playoffs and knows how to play, they're gonna struggle. They might win the game, but it's gonna be a struggle. So 
hopefully we can come on next week and it's going to be more positive. It's, it's, it's becoming tough coming on here and it's like, it's like I'm a, we're broken records. Like we're trying to switch it up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I feel like I come on here and say the same thing every, I know, week. but it's like, what else, what else are we going to say? I know. Unless we did like, um, like it's a week to week. Like there's, there's a lot that goes on in a week and there's a week also guys goes by really quickly. So I, hopefully it's, more I positive. love what you said earlier. What did you say earlier about how like half the, half the uh, fan base is like hot takes and the other half is yeah, half the fan base is this team isn't going anywhere. They're awful. They're too soft. This group of players don't work. And then the other half is, well, maybe if the penalty kill gets better, maybe if the power play gets better, maybe if there's more five on five production from Marner, maybe if when they get healthy, that's yeah. another thing, man, they've had some injury trouble this year. So it's like pick, pick a side or be in the middle. Like right now, I feel like I'm, I feel like we're, feel, we're, we're, we're in the middle, hinging on hot. I feel take. like I'm more on the hot take side right now, and I hate to say it, and it's there's because those things could get a lot better, and they could start winning games off it. But when it really comes down to it in April, or when it's time to be a big boy, I just don't think they're going to be able to do those things well enough to beat really good teams in this league. So that's what pushes me over kind of the hot take side. Well, as you said. Hopefully next week we can come on here and they've racked up a couple W's and we can feel a little better. They're six, five, and three. It's not awful. Third in the Atlantic. But we expect more. And hopefully that's where they trend going forward. Once again, everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week. We really appreciate it. Seen a little jump in our numbers the last couple of weeks. So we thank you, everyone who's spreading the word. We really, really appreciate it. We love doing the show. I say that every week, but it's true. Thanks again for downloading, guys, and we will catch you next week. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.